Hi, my name is Amanda Panacea, and you're listening to the Healer Revolution podcast. This is a community for self-healers, biohackers, practitioners, and any other helping professionals. You're in the right place if you're seeking conversations about how pain becomes passion, the connection between physical, energetic, mental, and our spiritual self, finding your body's ancient wisdom, the latest biohacking technologies, clinical research, and if you just want to nerd out about complex biochemistry and quantum physics. But this is also for entrepreneurs who seek infinite abundance and a supportive community. So pour a cup of King Coffee or Sistus Tea and let's join the revolution. Welcome. This is your host, Amanda Panacea, and you're listening to the Healer Revolution podcast. I am excited today to introduce a new friend, Zoe Whitehead. She is a light worker, a spiritual teacher, and a healer of light. She's trained in different countries in something called transference healing and attended its mystery school. She also supports empathetic light workers to help them reconnect with their light and their natural lunar cosmic and earth vibrations. She's always, since an early age, sought out deeper connections with people on a soul level through an ability to see people's energy and emotional landscape. She also has a very strong fascination with moonology, cosmology, and its impact enables her to sense changes in the collective, flow with natural cycles, and harness the potent energy around the solstices, equinoxes, and celestial activations. So I know you're going to really love this conversation. Zoe is a really interesting and brilliant person. I'm super excited that she uh, and her and I were able to connect. So without further ado, here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Healer Revolution podcast. I am your host, Amanda Panacea. And today I'm really excited to chat with my new friend, Zoe Whitehead. Hi, Zoe. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Amanda. Thanks so much for having me on. We're looking forward to our chat. Yes. So we found each other on Instagram, basically like everyone else that I've had on has, (laughs) Um, except for one person. But anyways, the what I would love to hear is all about um, how you got to this point in your journey. Like, how did you what, what is your healing story or what is your your story, even from childhood? So you can feel free to start wherever you feel comfortable. Sure. I love this question. So um, as a child growing up in kind of the 70s and 80s, so showing my age here a little bit. Um, you know, I, w- I was obviously very empathic and obviously no one talked about that in our kind of circles. And because of that, I did um, struggle quite a lot in, in obviously in school situations, you know, stressful environments where there were a lot of people. But I was also very psychically open, but kind of bit in a very unquestioning way, because I used to kind of have these visitations. I heard things very clairaudient. Um, I remember flying. I absolutely remember having these 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 experiences. I mean, obviously they were out of body experiences, but I didn't have that that sort of language. So we had all this kind of thing going on. But also when I hit 
teens like it was it's very stressful for me because I I I didn't understand what I was and I and I didn't understand the sensitivity that you know that I had around picking up on people's stuff and you know so I was onboarding a lot of things and and obviously feeling it was my own stuff when really it was probably stuff that belonged to other people as well so it took me a long time to realize what I was and who I was and you know obviously what I was destined to do and it was well into adulthood um that that struggle continued um I went into teaching in in mainstream education and again I was in a a very highly stressful environment I don't know what it's like in the states but the education system here in the UK um it's just it's just very stressful but yeah stressful (laughs) lots of pressure tests like you know all of that going on so a lot of kids that are stressed out high anxiety school refusing things like that and and that was what started to really deeply interest me so at the time I was obviously you know onboarding all the negativity the dense the density and um I started my own kind of path and journey of of sort of more spiritual healing getting into different modalities I trained in transference healing which is um, a modality that originates from Australia and um, I was you know I was taught to run energy in a particular way I was also interested in yoga meditation you know all the usual things and at the time I approached the head and I said I'm sure I can really help these children I can run energy I can you know, do all this. And he was really open to it, which is quite unusual. And so I'd go along before the day started with my crystals and my cards and, you know, templates and all this kind of thing. And I'd have a group of children that were, some were school refusing, some were, you know, really anxious. And and I'd, I'd, I'd just, I was just so lit up by it because, you know, we were getting good results. They respond, you know, because they're so unquestioning. They, they really move through their stuff really quickly. And I kind of gradually realized that this was where I wanted to go um, because the school, I love teaching. That really is, I love that. I love imparting knowledge and wisdom, but um, it was just way too stressful as an empath. And um, so I, I kind of left. I just I just had a bit of a mini breakdown and, and just left. I, luckily I was married and so my husband was able to support me um well I had a bit of a crumbling and I remember just crying for about a week because you know my whole identity was wrapped up in my job as as many people's identities are but then it slowly came to me that I you know I wanted to be of service through the gifts in a more holistic way and just help and support people I was starting to understand energy and how it worked and um I then started up these little women's circles, like moon circles. I, I was very interested in the moon. I've, I've always been into cyclical living. I love being outside in nature. And so I do these kind of like moon circles where they just come and we'd sit in my living room and I'd run energy and I'd talk about different aspects of spirituality. And it just kind of grew from there. But then COVID hit and all of that ground to a halt. And that kind of you know and then then I looked online and it and it just grew from there it evolved from there and now I'm I'm very interested as you as you probably know in light work which is to me an extension of empathy 
Um, you know, it's it's about reading energy, running energy, um, using energy for healing, things like that. And obviously I incorporate that with cyclical living and cosmology, which I love as well. So just looking at what's going on in the cosmos and how that impacts on us. So fascinating. I have so many questions. <laughs> so, so what exactly is um, a light worker? Uh, what really, does that mean? Yeah, really good question. So for me, because it's always, I guess it's always personal, but mm-hmm. for me, being an empath, you know, obviously someone who's very sensitive to energy and reads energy, for me, it's almost like, like a for me, how I sit, and people may disagree, it's it's basically an empath or a higher sensitive person who has learned to, to run energy and channel energy and read it in more effective ways and protect that energy. And also the main aspect of a light worker is someone who holds space who can clear energy, who sees or feels when the energy is of lower frequency and can kind of, you know, I don't like to use the word manipulate, but can kind of shift energy in ways that lighten it. They, you know, and and like I said, one of the biggest aspects is holding a beautiful space for themselves and for others so that, you know, you basically become someone that that people just love to be around. They don't know why that is. And they, they, you know, sometimes they can even shift in your presence if your light is of a certain frequency. Um, light workers are not necessarily or don't necessarily become healers or even work in the spiritual arena. But, you know, they, basically, I mean, for me, how I see it is light workers are needed everywhere, you know, and, and many light workers don't even know they're light workers. They just have a, a, a natural empathy. They have a lighter energy. They, they just naturally know how to protect their energy, know all of these things. Um, and like I said, they're, they're needed in every field of work and interest, you know, because they can hold their light and, and hold their energy and support others in that way. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. So I'm imagining like the, the, the graph of the frequencies. So like down here is like guilt and shame. And then as you go up acceptance, neutrality, and then like enlightenment and love and, and all of that. So yeah. from what I'm gathering, what you're saying, a light worker is somebody who basically always is at least at acceptance and neutrality. So people feel very comfortable with them and they're not carrying that heavy, dense, lower frequency energy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a really interesting way of seeing actually, Amanda. And it's true, you know, our our, our thoughts can have a, a, a lower frequency, a dense, you know, the judgment and negativity, the pain, the the um, you know, the karma as well can really lower our density. But you know, like the lighter frequencies, compassion, forgiveness, love. Yeah, obviously, uh, it, it you know it lightens that and raises it. But obviously, light workers have shadow aspects as well. You know, obviously, we all have our struggles, but I guess we just become very aware of how we're thinking and feeling. And, you know, it's almost like we're empaths who use our gifts. That's that's how I interpret light work. Mm, Okay. And what would you define an empath? For me, it's someone who is highly sensitive to energy, and it's almost like we become energy readers. So it's, you know, I, I, I can, and and what's important is that we are discerning. We know what's our own stuff, you know, what's originating from us, and what belongs to someone else. 
a lot of empaths don't know that so they they kind of go somewhere and they onboard whatever people are feeling around them. I mean, I have that sometimes where I suddenly feel anxious and I know that it's not connected to anything that I'm thinking or feeling. I'm just simply picking up on someone else's stuff. And so that discernment is really key for empaths. You know, a lot of, a lot of empaths come to me because they struggle with that. And when, when they're caught up in that, if you can imagine you've got your own stuff going on, and then you're kind of like onboarding, you become a sponge. And obviously that lowers your vibration. So you're more susceptible to energetic manipulation and, and kind of onboarding stuff around you. Mm-hmm. And so this might be a bit triggering, but from my experience, I think I agree that there are definitely very talented and empathic people out there. But I also think some people will call themselves an empath when they might just have very poor boundaries and, Mm. and take on a lot of stuff from other people, maybe are very ungrounded in like their root chakra and, and live kind of in other people's like, um, like they, they decide how they're going to feel from what they're gathering from other people. Mm, Yeah. It's true that we, well, whoever we are, we need to be really, really bounded, of course. Um, and there probably are, there, there probably is a confusion, absolutely. But to me, it's it's seeing that as a gift. It's it's yeah. sensing that energy and it's using that. You know, we're we're, we're really gifted as empaths and light workers, and it's about you know it's it's I mean I don't know I don't I don't know for sure but there probably is an element of that Amanda for sure Mm -hmm. um but for me what what what's really important is that we you know we're giving these gifts for a reason and how we choose to use that and step into our purpose but yeah for sure boundaries are key um yeah yeah I think it's kind of in relation to how other countries versus the United States looks at um, hallucinations and Mm. um, like psychosis even. So in the United States, it's like mental illness, slap the label on you. But in other countries, they have shamans and they help you to understand how to use these gifts and what they mean. And um, Mm. I can see how it can go like whichever way you're being um, taught is like this is appropriate versus not appropriate. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's true. That's, you know, so it's really interesting. And I, th- I feel we can be open to manipulation, you know, when, when we are of a, a lower frequency and we're, we're onboarding for whatever reason, whether we're empathic or not, and we're, you know, we, we can be manipulated. And it is about, for me, that, you know, developing that inner strength so that we really get to understand ourselves and and have this awareness this inner awareness so that we're not we're not swaying one way or the other and um you know we're we're open to our intuitive guidance rather than listening to other people and and getting manipulated and Mm -hmm. yeah and so what is the school that you went to the mystery school that oh, sounds yes. <laughs> so so fascinating <laughs> that's like wizard um Harry yeah <laughs> yeah so the, the modality that I'm trained in is pretty mm-hmm. much the only thing I've done because it's so powerful 
it's um so it's a lady in Australia called Alexis Cartwright who fat and she's still alive, which is really unusual um for a healing modality. So it's, it's obviously a very, very new one. Obviously, there are so many on there. Um, and it's called Transference Healing. And obviously, you you know, I, I, I've done the fundamental advanced training. And then from there, you do teachers, which I've done. And then you go into the mystery school. So it's it's just deepening your wisdom around that, you know, connecting with past ascended masters, really learning to, you know, run energy in, in very ceremonial and ritualistic ways. And, you know, we delve into all of that. We've all got crystal wands and all this kind of thing and templates that we use. We also do crystal gridding as, as mystery school graduates. So we we gather etherically once a month and we we all kind of grid in our own homes um but we connect with each other on the etheric so we have out-of-body experiences as well so we we do all of those sorts of things but I use that energy within my membership and with my clients because it's it, it just really opens you up um, on the, on a you know at a kind of conscious level it opens you up so that you start to see things that you were never able to grasp before it's it's funny every time I go for a retrain or whatever an upgrade I, I understand things on a whole different level and because it's working on all different levels within the body um but I I now use that that's kind of the backbone of of the work that I do uh so yeah it was super powerful awesome what is crystal gridding so crystal gridding is um so it's it's like a how do you put it? it's like a process i suppose you you lay down and you put your crystals um well you you lay your client down or the person you are gridding if you're with someone you lay them down on on the floor on the back and you place crystals in particular alignments so they mm. align with planets and um you know, concert and constellations, things like that. And then you activate the crystals so that they they um, have certain connections with the body and connect you up to different constellations and planets. And you, by whatever process, you have these incredible, um, you know, just out-of-body experiences. I mean, I have seen all sorts of weird stuff um, when I've been, you know, and you just, you kind of go into this deep, just totally altered state when you're when you're doing it um and you know you can either do it etherically so that the other person can be in a completely different country or they can be with you in the physical and as part of our mystery school graduate work that's what we do we get together and we you know, the, the, the other part of it is that we are um, shifting the, the, the earth grid as well. We're kind of, um, you know, clearing and cleansing earth energy as well, because we go down into the earth chakras as well. And it's all kind of linked. It's very, very complex. And I couldn't even begin to explain it to you. But but that's that's part of the work. And, and I guess the service that we do as graduates I can still hear you. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> can you hear me, Amanda? Yeah, I can. Oh, Were good. you done? Yeah, sorry, I'm <laughs> done. Okay. Uh, okay, <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, awesome. So let's talk about cosmology because this is like 
there's so many debates about this. So I have my brother, he's absolutely fascinated and knows so much about the universe and the, the planets and the stars and black holes, but he does not believe in, astro in astrology at all. And so I'm like, how, how can you have one, but not the other? <laughs> Um, can can you explain like what the difference between cosmology, ast astronomy, and astrology is, and yeah. and maybe how you use it? How how I see it, obviously, it's all mm -hmm, yeah. personal, isn't it? But so astronomy, I see, is the physicality of it all. So obviously, you know, you've got your planets and you've got everything going on in the solar system and the movements and the orbits and all that. Um, astro so cosmology for me this is what I'm really deeply interested in I, I'm not a cosmologist I do not see myself as a cosmologist but I'm just deeply interested in the energetic impact of celestial activation so everything that goes on you know is is will be impacting on us energetically that's that's what I believe and um the astrology part of it you know I, I know a little bit but I don't know a lot is um for me it's more about how the alignments of you know the constellations planets at the time of your birth or at the time you know particular dates or whatever are influencing and impacting on on your personality that that's how I explain it to myself um, but what I love is the cosmology part of it. So, you know, things like, for example, we've just entered um, the active phase of Mercury retrograde. So the planets retrograde, they're, 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 um, they appear to be going backwards in the sky, but it's like their trajectory and, you know, the way they're traveling changes. So their impact and, you know, some of these planets are huge cosmic influences on us, as is the moon, um, that their impact will be will be much greater than normal. So for Mercury, if we take the example of Mercury, which is a fast mover, it retrogrades about three to four times a year. Um, and it's a rule of communication and how we connect with others. So I don't know about you, but I always at this time, I feel like I'm speaking a foreign language. We have a lot, especially with my husband, we kind of just don't understand each other. It's like really challenging. Um, you know, so there's things like that going on. So but basically what it's doing is it spotlights things, you know, it, it kind of puts a glare on what's not quite right or needs to shift or, you know, but also at that time, it's a bit chaotic in the ways that those planets influencers so it's spotlighting but it's also supporting us to kind of shift things or change things or or you know kind of think okay maybe I need to to change this around maybe I need to take a pause before I speak maybe you know it's just supporting us you know a lot of people go oh my god when it's a mercury retrograde because oftentimes it will you know com communication just does get difficult but also as we know the connectivity which includes you know internet connection or whatever you know electrical devices as well can go a bit awry um but it, it means that either you you know maybe the way you're using them is not quite right or maybe you need to upgrade or or something and I always say you know I always say to myself well it's okay it's it's just you know it's just telling me something it's showing me something it's not 
it's not that it's all going wrong and you know how we can sometimes panic can't we because a lot of us do use online stuff and it does get difficult doesn't it if we're working as you know entrepreneurs or whatever on computer um but yeah it's it's, it's really interesting we have things like meteor showers we've had a lot this month and so meteor showers are always impact on our dream state um we get a lot of my husband's had so many vivid dreams at the moment a lot of people you know they get a lot of messages and things like that in 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 their dream state during the meteor showers you know obviously we've got particular times of year like you know each month has its own numerology as well so it's not so much the cosmic stuff but you know like december is it the, the number 12 as a vibration of completion so we're all, everyone's all about, you know, trying to get everything done and completed. And, you know, so there's what I'm trying to say is there's so much going on, so much energy at play. Plus, we've got our own stuff going on as well. Um, so what I like to do is create an awareness, a consciousness of all of this so that people are super aware um, of how they're getting impacted, but also how they can harness that um you know we're in powerful death rebirth energies um right now and following the solstice so it's a really really good time for stilling um looking back over the year reflecting you know not what's not worked for me what do I still need to let go of you know and just work on releasing that chipping away at it a little bit more but also a visioning isn't it you know naturally we we're, we're thinking about the new year but it's it's more than that there's a whole energy behind it because we're already getting impacted by these new energies coming in so it's like we I always feel this time is a bit of a liminal space where you know the old year is dying the new year is coming and you know we're, we're impacted in that way so we need to make the most of that energy um so that we can really get clear on what it is we want to bring in for ourselves so there's you know the seasonal changes the seasonal um dates that energetically are really um important and significant but also we've got all this cosmological you know the eclipses you know all of these things will be impacting on us in in different ways and I just find it fascinating I love it it is. Yes. Yeah, you covered is a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, I resonate with having the really vivid dreams recently. Um, I've, so I have a, my best friend, she's very intuitive like you are. And we've been best friends since we were two years old. And since then we tell each other our dreams like every day that we remember them. So we've gotten really good at like practicing remembering and um, doing lucid dreaming and things like that. And sometimes we'll practice um, like meeting each other in our dreams or we'll be like, where, where were you in your dream? Like, were you there too? <laughs> I love that. Um, she's a lot more talented at it than I am with like astral projection and things like that. But is that possible or are we just oddly connected? Like, do you, in the dream state, can you meet someone with just your consciousness? I believe so I've never personally experienced that but I don't see why because when I look at the way that I work I connect etherically with people across the other you know they could be in a totally different country and I do I you know most of my work is now done on an etheric level you know if I'm healing them and they know they know they know when I've done it you know I always tell them when I'm back to my energy but they feel it they they go into these spaces that they would never get into normally 
Um, so I don't see why we can't do it in our dreams there. I guess it's just knowing how to do that. But I mean, I don't know about you, Amanda, and whether you run energy or not, but a lot of the way that I work is through intent and visualization anyway. I mean, obviously I'm taught to run energy um, and procedures, energetic procedures in, in a particular way. But, you know, our intent is incredibly powerful. So I guess if, you know, if you started working on that and saying, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to connect with this person in my dream state. I don't, I, don't, I really, I, I, I really believe that is possible. I wouldn't mm-hmm. know how, but I suspect it's along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And what about people who have passed away? Can, can you oh. connect with them in dreams or... Um, I feel I have that clairsentience for sure. I mean, both my parents have passed and I definitely felt the presence of my mum. I mean, it wasn't something that I particularly wanted to call her up. I mean, I'm not, you know, I just I just always felt her presence and it wasn't a, a comfort thing or a grief thing. I definitely could feel her coming in and out. Um, I don't practice that because I, I, I've never been asked to do that or felt the need to do that um, personally. Um, but I can absolutely, when I'm running energy, interestingly enough, when I run energy, I do see keyhole images of past lives um of the client that I'm working on so I it's like I see this keyhole image often times it's something that's magnified and then I will I will sort of say you know can you you know why am I being shown this you know can you you know just expand on that I need to understand that and then I will see the bigger picture and then the bigger picture again if I need to and then I kind of use my intuition as to whether I tell the client, because I'm, sometimes I see things that are a little bit disturbing. Um, so I always, you know, if it's and oftentimes it will be something that's relevant to, to, to what's going on for them, because, I, you know, a client cannot come to me and say, you know, I've got sciatica or whatever, and I do something about it. It's not how I work. I, I'm intuitive. So whatever procedure comes up, I divine the procedures up in the moment. And then I have to go with that. I cannot force it knowing that they've got sciatica. Or, do you understand what I mean? Because everything mm-hmm. is, I believe, divinely timed. And that that's how the energy that I, that I run is you know is orchestrated it's how it's intended to be run um but yeah so I was going off on a tangent but yeah I definitely see past life aspects that are often relevant or explain things um for the client you know whatever is going on for them so it's it's really it's fascinating but I only get that when I'm running energy I don't I feel things, but I don't see psychically anything apart from when I'm running energy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So when you say running energy, is this just when you go into like a meditative state and, and intend to, you know, work with somebody's energy? Well, both actually, because I, um, most days I start my day by just, I run light through the body and, you know, I kind of go places. I often go into the global grid matrix and I use that for expansion for my business and, and my energy and for healing. And sometimes I'll just run light down the body or I'll just, you know, hold my hand, my right hand up and I'll, I'll place that over part of the body that I know will need healing. 
but when I'm running um, a transference healing, um, then it's a set of particular procedures that I've been taught to run. Mm, okay. Yeah. Got it. And was there any situation in your life where you had maybe like a, a, a physical illness that you healed or like called in um, spontaneous healing for something like like a wound or a burn or a cavity or something like that? Always, well, I always, I always do do that, you know, alongside, but I, um, I know I spoke to you earlier about, I had a really bad eye infection. Um, it was five years ago now, and um, I was diagnosed with toxoplasmosis. Oh, wow. Uh, Somebody yeah. actually diagnosed it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, they thought I'd had a stroke or something in my mm -hmm. eye because um, it, it was really strange. I had this patch that was just not there in my vision. Um, and it was it, it was it's a whole story. But my mum, my mum was super, super ill and we were looking after for about a year and a half. And during that time, it was really, really stressful. Um, and obviously, I, I believe now that my immune system was was totally shot, you know, with stress, I believe stress will Im impact on that. And I, I feel that's what happened. Because when I did the research on the toxoplasmosis, they, um, they said it's something you can even get in childhood, but it would just yeah. lay dormant in the system, it never comes to anything. And it's rare, apparently it's quite rare in the UK to have that. It's not rare. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's... So for those listening, toxoplasma is a parasite and it's an amoeba parasite, but um, you can be exposed from cats. Um, this is the parasite, like they tell you, if you're pregnant, don't change the cat litter box, but you can get it lots of other ways because it's an amoeba, so. Oh, well, you'll yeah. know loads more, Amanda. I don't know all that. So just, <laughs> you just add in the other bits because I don't, I mean, I, you know, I did a yeah. kind of bit of research on it and they said unpasteurized milk, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, and cooked foods like meats, um, you can get it as well. So I don't know. I mean, I obviously had it, well, I guess I had it in my system and, you know, for, and my mum died, my mum died. And mm -hmm. um, we were, we were, we were doing a road trip because she was French and we we're in France and we had our ashes and we and this is where it all started off and I got I had this headache that was just going on for days and and then while I was in France um this kind of patch of my eyesight just disappeared it was really weird it was like a stain on my eye I can't really describe it in my vision and I had a lot of floaters so that that was they were the symptoms and I didn't feel well but I put a lot of it down to stress because obviously it was really stressful time um, when I went back, I thought, right, I really, I need to probably just go and get checked out at the opticians. You know, I don't like, I don't tend to go to doctors only for diagnostics. I can then treat naturally or whatever. And then she was like, right, you've got to get yourself to the hospital because she thought I'd had a stroke in the eye. And I was like, oh my God, it was like really stressful. And I hate being in the hospitals and you pick up all the fear and, you know, it was just, anyway, they couldn't work it out. They just could not work out what was going on. And eventually they said, yeah, it's that because they could see something on the, on the surface of the eye. And basically what this um, parasite does is it, it causes, the infection causes inflammation in certain parts of the body. And for me, it was the back of the eye, but it was really close to the optic nerve. So they, I was told, I was like, well, is there anything I can do? Cause they were like, well, we're gonna put you on steroids and just hope for the best. And I was like, oh my God, because it was, I was <laughs> of taking- Of course. 
was like horrendous 10 steroids or something a day and I had so many side effects I was like oh my god and I felt like I was poisoning myself because I never take anything um and I said to my husband when I was getting heart palpitations rashes I couldn't sleep I mean it was horrendous and um I was saying to the consultant is there anything else I can do and he was like well you can prepare yourself because you, you're probably going to go blind in one eye. That is honest to God what he said to me. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I thought, I went home and I thought, no. That <laughs> is reality. It is not my reality. That's one possibility, but it, I don't need to make it mine. And I had to be really, you know, strong. And I said to my husband, after a few days of these steroids, I said, I'm coming off them. And he was just like, oh, my God, I don't want you to go blind. And, you know, everyone. and I just couldn't talk to anyone because, you know, like I was saying, not many, I don't know, not many people around me think like this at all. It's like doctors, pills, you know, operation. And that's fine, but it just wasn't an option for me. So I find um, there's a really good um, website that I use and they were amazing. They got me on lutein and I don't know, you'll probably know more about it, Amanda. I was trying to remember, I think it was um, Sarah, sorry, Sarah Peptase mm-hmm. and um, MS, MSM Silver or Colloid or Silver, yeah. something like that. Anyway, I, I took all of that. And oh yeah, the other thing was that the the consultant had given me these eye drops and it made me look really weird because I had one enlarged pupil mm-hmm. so that they could, <laughs> I look really deranged as well. I was like, oh my God, this is just so not what I want. And it healed, the infection went and they, you know, and I kept going, you know, every time I went back, because I was having to go back every, every week, um, and they were like, well, it's probably just a few days of steroids that did it. And I was like, look, these are the things I've been taking. You know, please look at them because this can really help other people. And I've all, it was get, it's kind of becoming a bit of a battle for me. And I thought, well, you know, I've, like, I've done what I can do. And I just, again, I didn't want to, because I was in a healing and a very vulnerable state, I didn't want to get angry and upset about it. I just, I've done as much as I can. They've seen me, they see the proof that you don't need steroids to, to um, you know, cure yourself, heal yourself, you know, just let the body work with the body and, And the other thing that I was doing was obviously it was bringing up a lot of fear for me because when you're told you're probably going to lose the sight in your eye, obviously you freak out. Um, But every time what I did was every time I um, worried about it, I would then just kind of, you know, do run energy on my eye and I would see myself and feel my eye as healing, feel the tissues healing. And I'd really work in that way. And I'd run light down my body and light into my eye area, back of the eye. And, you know, and just only have conversations around that with people that I knew would support me in the healing. I just couldn't, I just did not want to risk you know stressing myself out more or or compounding and and you know what's the word just just making the situation more than it had to be because I knew I I could do it and at the time I was listening a lot to Dr. Joe Dispenza, Greg Braden, I love all of those guys so um, you know you just you need inspirational people and that's why I feel the work you do is amazing it's 
you know, and to be able to go on social media and talk about that, you know, so openly because it's really triggering. That's what I found. It really triggers people. I don't know whether you found that as well, but um, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of those type of people in my um, like messages and comments, but every once in a while, like it's only happened one time where I think one of my posts got posted in some sort of like other forum of people who are just very identifying with their illness mm. and not willing to understand that they actually had the power to do something about it and feel better. And I know this has happened with a lot of other people as well, but usually no, usually I have a really good crowd. So I feel very lucky in that sense. Oh, it's probably just the end because you probably just hold yourself as well. I mean, that's what I've realized as well. Some, it's sometimes it's, I mean, this is going back five years ago now, and maybe I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't so convinced in in my body's ability to self-heal now I've been through that I think it was almost like an empowerment process for me you know because I wasn't sometimes I feel that you know if you doubt yourself slightly people feel that energetically and I think that's Mm -hmm. where you you get those triggers you know people feel the fear a little bit and they they pick up on the wobbles but I guess now I'm so convinced that I can do that, you know, and I feel so blessed in a way to, I mean, I didn't feel blessed at the time, but yeah, you know, the, all of these things really, um, they shape you, don't they? They, they define you in, in hopefully a positive way. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of people, myself definitely included, there were things that I would probably never have changed until I had to. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and there were things I would have never trusted about myself until I had to learn. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for some people, maybe they don't have to go through a difficult journey. And that's something that I tell people a lot as well. Like it doesn't have to be hard. Mm -hmm. If you have that contract where things have to be hard for you to change, then it will be. But Mm -hmm. from now going forward, like break the contract that things have to be hard. So I try to tell people that it doesn't have to be, but for a lot of people, it is you, you go through the hard things to actually get the things that you want. I love that. Yeah, I really love that. It's a beautiful way of, of seeing it, isn't it? You know, and it's um, because great goodness and great strength comes out of these, these things, you know, that, mm-hmm. and for me, it's always been about me stepping into my power with, with the right. work that I do. It's always about owning my power. And I really felt that that was, a really defining moment for me you know just holding mm. it and and you know not being surrounded by anyone in particular who um could support me in a higher consciousness way through it people mm-hmm. just you know you it's um yeah it's interesting <laughs> interesting <laughs> time yeah yeah so I would love to know what is it um what does your your business look like like what are the ways that people can work with you and how do you support them? Yeah, lovely. So um, the, the main, I have kind of three main things in the way that I support people. So I have um, my Lunar Lightworker membership. That That's my business name, Lunar Lightworker. So for me, you know, obviously growing up and as an adult, I, I really felt I struggled with um, 
really knowing who I was, how I was to be of service, my purpose. And, and then even then when I, when I felt I had these gifts and I, and I really wanted to serve people, I still struggled when I was going through my shadow aspects, when I was going through my empowerment process and, and things like that. And, you know, not everyone has people around them that can support them and see things in the way that that they're starting to to waken up to. So, the idea of the of the membership is to um, help empaths and light workers to really keep on track with who they are and and their service, their light service, and we do that mainly through aligning with the lunar and cosmic and earth cycle so it's re- we're really big on cyclical living you know how things like solstice equinoxes things like that impact on us how we can harness these powerful times and it's just really about reclaiming your light and and your power um and you know just just really stepping into your wisdom your soul wisdoms and using the intuition all that sort of thing to really help steady you so it's about empowering them to continue their work so we've got that that's that's my main thing my main jam mm-hmm. um and then I have my soul mastery um coaching so I do one-to-one I do less of that I have a you know few spots um so that really is for someone who knows their purpose but again finds it really difficult to step into it and ignite it and use it often this goes into soulpreneurship you know people that often they're entrepreneurial they want to kind of become healers or teachers or whatever in the spiritual arena I tend to work with people like that but they just for some reason it's it's all about empowerment for me you know they find it difficult to step into their power into their purpose and really magnetize that for themselves and then I have my group program which often people start with which is about discovering their purpose so you've kind of got three things the membership is ongoing, really, because I find that it's I don't know, I just find it really good to have something like a compass or or, or something, you know, to to keep you steady, um, especially when mm-hmm. because we all wobble, don't we? Let's face yeah. it. It's, it's it can be tricky. It can be challenging. So Yeah, I also think like there's so many people out there who are interested in this kind of stuff, like. For example, a lot of the language you use today, like I myself didn't know what some of this language actually meant. So I think working with somebody like you to actually be able to um, like have words to describe what's what you're feeling and what's going on and around you is also really helpful that I don't know where else you would get this kind of education, really. <laughs> it's yeah, it's funny. I haven't because I suppose when I look at what I've done, I've only really been taught in in transference healing. But the other stuff is just stuff I research or I just look mm-hmm. at or I just intuit. And and probably like you, Amanda, I, I, you know, every day I well Monday to Friday when I work, I um I just sit down and I just tune into the energy, into the collective, and I just feel what's going on. I, you know, I have the cosmic dates and I have the cosmic kind of knowledge, but a lot of what I do and and my content is just just comes from me. I like to channel it. It's my own stuff. I keep it pure. I you know, I feel it's really important. And I think this is for me, the key to running the business that I've and the community that I've grown is to express 
myself through that you know the more you can just be your authentic self and your unique self within that and true to you the more powerful it becomes doesn't it I mean that's that's been my journey Mm -hmm. you know just expressing myself and having that confidence and and you know just bringing through that unique expression has been really really significant for me and really important for me Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I agree I really struggled with feeling any emotions for a really long time and I just thought I was really chill and good at managing emotions but turns out I was just incredibly shut down (laughs) um so I think having that space and working with someone and being in a group of people who are also like going through that journey is super helpful. Yeah, definitely. It's like, a, I just love it when, I mean, I'm not excluding men and I don't exclude <laughs> yeah. men, but I tend to work, more, I feel more comfortable with women. I'm just going to say it as it is. Yeah. But I've always felt like when women come together, whatever capacity, you know, whether it's spiritual or just, you know, shopping or whatever, magic happens. I just, <laughs> and there's just something so lovely and beautiful about it. And that's what, that's the feeling I try and create um you know in the space that I hold for light workers you know I really keep it really high frequency high vibing as much as possible um you know and you know I just I just want it to be somewhere just so so beautiful for for the light workers and the empaths to to hang out in and be inspired you know be inspired by other people's journeys and you know whatever's going on mm-hmm. yeah amazing so what does your like Monday through Friday look like? Like, oh. do you work two day, two hours a, m- a week or do you work? Oh, I, did. Hours a week? <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's funny. I do love most of what I do. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what, what I tend to do is, I don't know. I can't really put it. I probably do about four hours a day, Monday to Friday. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you know, say if we're going for a launch, like I, I run the programs, I open them up sort of twice a year or whatever, the, the three different ones. So obviously, as you, I mean, I don't know whether you work like that, Amanda, but when I launch, there's a lot more work. You know, you've got emails to write and, you know, things on you on your website to do or whatever changes to make. So yeah, it gets a bit busier then. But actually one thing, one of my um big lessons this year was my God, I just was not bounded with myself. Um, so I started to work over the weekends as well. And I was feeling quite a lot of stress in my body. I was like, oh my God, I actually teach on this stuff. And you know, and I was <laughs> It was, you know, I was just doing way too much. Um, so I now just do Monday to Friday. But within that, you know, when, you know, when I sit down with my journal, that's already my work. My work started and I'm, you know, I'm journaling for myself and then I I get my content in that way. So then I come out my post and, but then I will go out with the dogs. I've got two dogs, so I walk them. Um, but that, that gives me my headspace and I can just do my visioning work or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It all weaves in. Right. Um, but it's not sort of, I'll probably spend about four hours a, a day, Monday to Friday at my desk, um, you know, yeah. on and off. That's what I love about working in this way. Cause you can, unless you've got appointments and clients, you know, you, you can almost choose your hours, can't you? Um, and mm-hmm. I just love that flow. I love that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the, the creativity is equally as important as the four hours at the desk or mm-hmm. probably more so because <laughs> that's yeah. when you get it's- the ideas for everything. <laughs> Well, that's it. It's such a, that's what I found as well, you know, over the years of doing this, it's such an inner game, isn't it? You know, energetically, you, you, it's really noticing how you're feeling, what you're telling yourself, you know, when, especially when you're in a launch and it's this kind of, you know, you want a certain outcome and you really have to peel back from that. And I've really, my kind of, other learning has been less is definitely more you know you I really do one I'm I'm really really intentional that's been one of my key themes for this year is just being really intentional with everything instead of just kind of um you know doing three posts I'll only do one a day or you know it just you know I try and just but I make it really good and I make it really pure and really you know soul driven and um yeah I just I just feel that's and and then I found that my own unique expression has come through you know I deliberately try not to look at other people's stuff unless I'm connecting with them for podcasting or whatever or you know collabs or whatever I don't want to get influenced you know and there's there's so many amazing women and I was getting the comparisonitis as well yeah. you know that's not good is it it's you know and I do I do get a bit of envy and I'm like oh you know they're doing so well you know I do get that obviously we all do yeah, um yeah. to a certain level so since since I've been a lot more intentional I felt a lot stronger in my own voice and mm-hmm. you know I just yeah. love that I love I love just bringing through my stuff now yeah. yeah, I agree. I have to do that a lot as well. And as mm-hmm. much as I want to look at everyone's amazing mm-hmm. content, I have to like, nope, we're just going to talk about what we're talking about. And then <laughs> I don't care what anyone else is doing. Don't look at it. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know it's awful because you get dragged into it, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> heal myself back from mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and then you get influenced. You know, it's just not <laughs> good in so many different ways, isn't it? You know, because you're you. You're that's what you know. People connect to you because you're you. They connect to your energy, and no one can, no one can copy that, can they? You know, right. but it's about finding that voice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. So, what would you before we wrap things up? What are your like top three ways to let's say like protect your energy or be in good cyclical alignment? Mm, I love that. So top three ways, um, just paying attention to, to, you know, the seasons, connecting, going out, connecting with nature, but really connecting in the way that you pay attention to the wildlife, you pay attention to the leaf patterns and, you know, just, just everything and the way the seasons change, you know, connecting to the moon, sleeping with your curtains open, anything like that, that you can, you can do to, to connect will help you to align. Um, I would really, secondly, I would really pay attention to what you're telling yourself, your inner narrative and your inner dialogues. You'll be surprised when you start to just listen to what you're telling yourself. It's, it can be quite scary sometimes and we can be really harsh with ourselves. I used to say, oh, you muppet or you idiot. Or, you, <laughs> And I've honestly, and I've stopped all of that. I've really stopped all of that. So just, you know, just and remember that what, you know, the the thoughts and 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 your words and your actions and your intent um 
will have a vibration that if if it's kind of slightly negative will be lowering that and then that's where you get very um susceptible to to kind of energy manipulation things like that and thirdly I mean my biggest thing or one of my biggest things has been intentional slow down you know slow down be bounded be you know whatever you're doing do it with presence do it with intention and um it just feels so beautiful and really flowy and goddessy and you know and you really take pride in that one thing rather than trying to do 10 things you know um i've just loved doing that and it, and it just really grounds me as well and it, and again will will help to protect your energy as well Beautiful. Yeah. Those are all things that I had to learn the hard way also. So the slowing it down, the intention <laughs> being here now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not used to that. Oh, we're so we're not doing sometimes yeah. we get to be in the being. So yeah, mm, exactly. Well, this was absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for sharing everything. Um, tell us where we can find you and how to work with you. Oh, thank you. I've loved it. Thank you so much, Amanda. So, um, so I'm Zoe at Lunar Light Worker. The best place would probably be Instagram to start with, and you can find all the details of the membership in there. Um, you know, and we have a community on Facebook as well. So, um, which is the Lunar Light community. Um, but yeah, Instagram is the best place to start. Perfect. And what was your handle? Um, so Luna Lightworker. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Any last words before we wrap it up? Um, I've just loved it. So, and <laughs> I'm really inspired by your work as well, Amanda, you know, and I just think it's so important to share these experiences, um, you know, so that people do, and you do, do kind of start to really feel that they can, they can heal, you know, the body, the body is amazing, isn't it? Yes. Um, so yeah, I just love the fact that you're sharing these stories and this thank work. You. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it. Same to you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Healer Revolution podcast. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, please do me a favor and like, subscribe, leave a comment. Anything that can help get this information out to more people who may be struggling. You can also find me online at thehealerrevolution.com or amandapanacea.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at amandapanacea. Thank you so much for joining the revolution.